The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, good morning, church. And uh, why don't you hold your Bible in your hand, lift it up real high, whatever you're reading from, cell phones, iPads, iPhones a little higher <laughs> than Samsung's, and uh, who are we? Just forget, just forget. Who are we? <laughs> Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I learned from God's word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so, uh, last week we started a, a mini two part series. Uh, that I called out to live in the supernatural. Amen. And don't, don't let that freak you out. Uh, uh, you're already living in a dualistic world uh, that the parent forces the spiritual realm. Amen. And really living in the supernatural does not mean uh, being spooky. Amen. It just means uh, living with God and allowing God to flow into your life uh, so he can do some supernatural things. And so uh, you know, a lot of people we learned last week that they miss the supernatural uh, chasing after the spectacular. Amen. We read a story in First Kings 19 of uh, uh, Elijah. He had a rendezvous with the Lord. They were supposed to meet up. And uh, while Elijah went to the place that they were supposed to meet up, the Bible says there was a strong wind that came and tore up the mountain and shattered the rocks. And when Elijah went to look in that uh Strong wind, the Lord was not in it. It was spectacular, but the Lord was not in it. And it says after that, there was an earthquake uh, that shook the whole earth. And uh, Elijah went to look, and uh, the Lord was not in it too. And uh, there was also fire that came, and uh, the Lord was not in it. And uh, right at the end, it says that there was a small still voice that began to speak. And when Elijah went to look, the Lord was in it. Amen. And so we see that our God is not always spectacular. God is spectacular, uh, but sometimes he, he comes uh, in humble ways. Amen. Uh, in fact, the Bible tells us in Philippians 2 uh, to let his mind, Jesus Christ, be in us, uh, which was also in him, that when he came, uh, he came as a man with uh, limitations and uh, frailties. And uh, really demonstrated humility. If I was God and uh, I, I had to come to the earth, uh, I probably would have come looking a little different. You understand? So that when I walk down the streets, there's no second guessing, you know, God, do you understand? But Jesus, in his humility, he came as a man. And so we see that God, the supernatural, is, is spectacular sometimes. But don't get caught up with the spectacular that you miss uh, the supernatural. Amen. And so in Luke chapter number 5, we read a story of uh, Jesus and the disciples. It says in verse 1, Luke 5 verse 1, it says, As the multitudes uh, pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret 
and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes uh, from the boat. And so Jesus is getting ready to uh, um, really uh, uh, move the disciples into a, a world where they're going to experience the supernatural. And so what does he do? He sits them down and teaches them the word. Because the foundation of a supernatural life is the word of God. Amen? We read in Ephesians chapter number 5 during that series that the, the Lord wants us to mature so that we are not tossed about by end, every wind of doctrine. God wants us to have stability in our lives and uh, the anchor for that stability is God's word. You have to be founded uh, in his word if you're going to be uh, stable. And so before Jesus uh, uh, does something supernatural, he teaches them the word in the boat. And then he says in verse 4, when he had stopped speaking... He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Someone say for a catch. That's the key there. You know, uh, uh, when, when, when you stand on God's word and allow God's word to be your foundation, uh, when you launch out in life, I'm talking about in the supernatural life, right? When you launch out from uh, the foundation and, and, and the perspective of God's word, you are not launching out for fishing. And so there's a difference between launching out into the deep for a catch and fishing. Fishing is trying. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fish, but I've watched fishermen fish. They throw the uh, hook, line, and sinker with the bait into the water. They reel it in and they try again over there. They reel it in. And when you do life just in the natural without God, uh, sometimes you could get trapped into a cycle of fishing. You try that job, you don't like it, you reel it in. You try another one, you catch a frog, you, you reel it in. You try that business over there, you find out, oh, they're doing a pyramid scheme over there. You, what are you doing? You're fishing. And God doesn't want you to live your life at the level of fishing. God wants you to launch out into the deep for a what? For a catch. There ain't no two ways about it. And you can't launch out into the deep for a catch if you don't take time out to actually hear what the Lord would have you do with your life, with your day, with your week, and so on and so forth. I'm talking about uh, in light of your destiny. Can I get an amen? amen? Don't now start trying to stress God about what you should eat at Nando's. No, it's your mouth. <laughs> it's your food. He don't care about that. That's, that ain't going to change your destiny. Can I get an amen? amen? But don't move cities without hearing God. So we're talking about, you know, people, people come to me, people are crazy. They come to me and they say, you know, ask them, did you, do you think the disciples washed? Yes, they did. Do you think they brushed their teeth? They did. But how come it's not in the Bible? Because it's got nothing to do with destiny. The Lord put destiny altering issues in the Bible. Amen? And so when I say, and I've got to say this, you know, hear from God, but I'm not saying, you know, you, you come out of the, which door should I walk out of? No, 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 no. you're doing too much. Can I get an amen? So, so we're talking about destiny altering decisions. Amen? Do not make those without God. Get a word from the Lord. You know, there's a difference between a God idea and a good idea. 
sometimes a good idea is limited in power. It's limited in resources. And, and I've learned that being in ministry. You just can't look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing over there. Oh, it looks like that. We're, oh, so we're going to do the same thing. Uh, you know, God hasn't called any of his children to live at the level of copy and paste. God has called you to cut a new path. Can I get an amen? And so we, we got to take some time out. I know we live in uh, 2024. We live in a fast paced city of johannesburg everything is going and i know most of you are in the rhythm of just kind of going and going and going but i want to i want to encourage you that in your going you take some time out and spend time with god and I, I allow him to put in a word about where he wants you to launch out into the deep can i get an amen you know, we have a lot of young people here graduating, going into university. Man, before you pick what everybody else is doing, launch out into the deep. Find out what the Lord wants you to study. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? He's already gone ahead of us and he knows what we should be doing. And in fact, the Bible says if a man uses a blunt axe, they're going to uh, uh, use much energy with little results. And he says you must take time out and sharpen the axe. And for us as believers, sharpening the axe is taking time out to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? And so in your morning devotion, men, take time out. Uh, in your morning prayer, y'all know prayer is not just a, a monologue, right? It's not you addressing God and just telling him, you know, what I thought prayer was me, you know, telling God what it is and what the problem is and how he needs to speed up. And so I'll get into a place of prayer and do much talking, you know. Prayer, prayer is the only thing where, you know, the people who don't know much, they're doing all the talking and the one who knows everything, they want to keep him quiet. No, in your prayer time, you should be doing more listening than talking. That's why God gave you two ears and just one mouth. Can I get an amen? And so take time out, uh, write things down and the uh, Lord is going to give you a word. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. He's already put the ability in you to be able to hear him. Can I get an amen? Let's go to First Kings. Let's go to verse. First Kings chapter number 17. It's going to be fun today. First Kings uh, chapter number 17 uh, from verse 1 to 24. And it says, uh, And Elijah the Tishbite was one of the inhabitants of Gilead. He said unto Ahab, it's interesting because in chapter number 17 verse 1 is the first time we hear about Elijah. And the reason we hear about him is because he has a word from the Lord. Without God's word, you could die, live, and die an insignificant life. We only get to hear about Elijah because he has a word from the Lord and is willing to step out uh, uh, in that word and on that word. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Uh, it says, Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As long as the Lord of, of, of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And so... Elijah was given a word uh, by God, and it was not a nice word. You know, it was a strong word for Ahab, and at the minute, Ahab was killing all the prophets of God. And so this was a risky word to take to a man who's already persecuting, you know, the people of God. But Elijah was willing to step out and uh, really uh, 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 act out God's word, uh, regardless of the risk that he faced. Amen? Amen? And so he went and told Ahab... Uh, this word and he was faithful to deliver this word as the Lord had asked him uh, to do and right after that it says in uh, verse 3 right in verse 3 and uh, the word of the Lord came unto him saying 
uh, get thee hence, turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Sherik, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, uh, after Elijah, you know, acted out the word that the Lord had given him in the first season of living the supernatural life, uh, it says after that, and the word of the Lord came to him. And so God, we see through reading that, that God did not give him a full-on paragraph right off the bat. What God did was he gave him a word, and as he uh, uh, took a step of faith and acted out that word, then God gave him another word. Now, a lot of people, I know during uh, the beginning of the year, we go to uh, crossover services, ain't nothing wrong with that. You, we, we do uh, our, you know, 10 days, some 21 days in the beginning of the year. We want to hear what the Lord has for us uh, uh, for 2024. And sometimes, just sometimes, the attitude is, uh, Lord, I'm going to come to you once at the beginning of the year so that you can give me a paragraph so that I don't ever have to come back and hear from you ever again this year. And so because of that, the Lord will just give you a word, right? So that you can come back to him for more word. That's why scripture tells us in Psalm 37 verse 23 that the steps, not the journey. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So God is not going to give you the next step until you've uh, taken the first step. Can I get an amen? I mean, when he went to... Yeah, Abraham, he didn't even tell him where he was uh, taking him. The Bible says he went to Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old, still living with his parents. 75 years old with a wife, still living with his parents. And so the Lord went to talk to him. He said, man, I got to talk to this brother. He said, the first thing, supernatural thing we're going to do is to get you to move out. <laughs> says, the first thing we're going to do is to get you to leave your father and your mother's house and go to a land and he didn't tell him the name of the land until he started walking. He says, I'm going to take you to a land which I will show you. Amen. And so a lot of people are praying for a paragraph. God will just give you a word. Because the, step, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so until you've taken the step of the word that God has already told you, he's not going to give you another word. Amen. Amen. I said, amen. God does not want you to be overwhelmed. And so he is going to give you a, a step. And he wants you to maximize on faithfulness in each season. But it says here, it says when the word of the Lord came to him, it was another supernatural moment. He says, I, I, I want you to go to the brook. Uh, uh, there was a drought in the land. And the Lord said, I want you to go to the brook. For I have commanded, past tense, the ravens to feed you there. God had already commanded the ravens to, to heap up food for him at the brook. And the question you may have is, why didn't the Lord just bring the food to where he was? The reason God sent him somewhere is because faith is a walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so God will get you to do something so that you can allow your faith, the faith on the inside of you to have an expression. And so he said, I want you to go to the brook. I've already commanded. That's the grace part, right? The, the, the commanding the ravens to feed you there. It was a past tense thing. God had already talked to the ravens. See, if you go to the place that God has sent you, there's a provision there that's already waiting for you. 
You don't have to get there and start trying to pray for provision. You know, God has already heaped up food there. He has already commanded. In fact, the definition of the grace of God is simply this, the past tense of God's word. It is, it is the past tense because when you step into a place of grace, you start to enjoy the things that Jesus has already done. Past tense. Can I get an amen? And so, and so he went to the, to the brook and the Bible says God had already, you know, commanded the ravens just, just for God to show him that this was a supernatural thing. You know, God did not go and pick a nicer bird. You know, you get a dove or, or something, you know, some spiritual. We all think, you know, a dove is a spiritual bird. And so when church folk are coming up with a logo, it's got to be a dove, right? It's got to get a dove for me and put a little olive branch on the dove yeah that's, that's that's anointed and so god god doesn't use a dove he uses a raven now a raven is a greedy bird that don't share with nobody in fact it's if you're a stingy person they say you have a ravenous spirit because the, 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 it's a scavenger. That bird will eat anything, not just what it hunts, but even dead things. And God's choice of bird is to pick something that doesn't even share with anybody because he's trying to get Elijah to realize this is something supernatural happened. Amen. Amen. And this bird, it says this. This is powerful. Now what I'm about to read, it says this. It says uh, in, in, in verse 5, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt at the brook Sherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread. Someone say bread. And meat. Someone say meat. Now this is God's choice of diet for human beings. I didn't put it in there. He didn't say the, the, the ravens brought lettuce and cucumber. That's the stuff that food eats. <laughs> this is not me. It's a Bible. Man, people get, it's in the book. People get mad at me for, for eating meat. I, I, didn't, I didn't choose the meat. The meat chose me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says in the ravens, not just in the evening, you know, I'm even better. I just do meat in the evening. I mean, the ravens brought bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And so while he was there, see, this is why you got to keep your, your, your hearing ears open all the time because while he was there there was a change of season while he was in his place called there that's what i like to call it it's a place called there there's a place called there for every single one of us where god is sending you where there is uh his, his infinite grace waiting for you to just get there so that it can be revealed and this place called there could be geographical you know i'm always talking to people and they say man i, I i'm gonna move to this place god is calling me to move to this place we play pray for a lot of people next week we want to be praying for people going to Ireland and for families going to New Zealand, I think. We're going to be praying for them. And I always ask them, is this where the Lord is calling you? And they say, yes. And it's interesting because as soon as they get to that land, it's like they've stepped into another realm, into another dimension of grace. They start to minister to people, see people's lives change, their own lives start to change just by obeying God and going to their place called there. Amen. And so this place could be geographical. This place could also be uh, uh, relational. 
you know, you're going to see in a minute why I say that. And this place could be a, a spiritual location that you find yourself. This place can also be uh, financial. Amen. So you got to find out what is my place called there? What is God saying to me? Where do I need to be? Man, I'm telling you, we should be spending more time listening to what God has to say than trying to do our own thing and try to pray God to bless what we are doing. You know, I remember many years ago, uh, we, we <laughs> 2013, you know, I got an interview, right, to, to move. And we were in San Diego, California, and I was interviewing for a job there. And uh, the people that came to pick us up came and picked us up in a Porsche Panamera, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, when the offer letter comes, <laughs> uh, we're already doing very well. You understand? They came and picked me up. <laughs> They wanted a pastor, right? And so I was with my wife, and we went there, and uh, we interviewed for the job. Picked me in a Porsche Panamera, took me to an island called Coronado Island, and we were riding our segways in there, beautiful houses, just kind of showing me my future, right? And they said, hey, listen. <laughs> I said, hey, listen, you, you've passed the interview. I said, praise the Lord. They said, this is what we're willing to do. Uh, we're going to get all of this. And uh, we came back home, and I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I'm cooking. <laughs> And my, and my wife asked this question. She said, what is the Lord saying? And in that moment, I said, this one, I don't, I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want to hear what he's saying. You understand? <laughs> but I can pray him to bless, you know, what I'm getting ready to do. And so, in praying about it, you know, I knew the Lord, you know, hadn't said anything. And he was saying, that's not where I've called you. But man, it was a wrestling because, you know, I know what I want to be doing, and I know what the Lord wants me to be doing, but, you know, the, 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 I really wanted to move. You know, if it wasn't on my wife, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll tell you, man, I, I probably wouldn't be here, right? But, but we had to hear what the Lord wants us to be. Where is your place of grace? Where is your place of calling? Uh, because ultimately that deal didn't turn out uh, uh, alright, it would have been a mess for all of us and our children and so on and so forth and so thank God he saved us from that and so I say this to say that man, don't, don't, don't make a move before you've spent time with the Holy Spirit to hear and you, you can hear God's voice, he says my sheep uh, can hear uh, my voice, amen? I said, Amen. And so, if we uh, continue in verse 7, and it came to pass after a while, back to exhibit A, uh, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had not been any rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, in the seasons of drought, man, you need a word from God. Amen. Amen. While the things dried up, he didn't go get a loan. He didn't go try to fix this in the natural. He just went and said, Lord, speak. I'm here. I'm, I want to hear what you have to say. And another word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Because this is, this is where it gets a little crazy, right? He says, Because I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. There's like, Lord, uh, you commanded a raven. Uh, now you should at least try and command, you know, a, a business person. At least I won't have to pray that much when I go to their house. Now, the Lord commands a widow woman who is in need to sustain him. This doesn't make any sense. But guess what? It makes a whole lot of faith. 
He had a word from the Lord, and he says, I have a widow to sustain you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, so that I may drink. Now, what's powerful about this is, you know, God had already preordained uh, this relationship for Elijah. Uh, God spoke both to Elijah and to the widow. That's a powerful spiritual principle. God just doesn't speak to one person about your life. It's called manipulation. Whenever someone comes to you and says, uh, the Lord has said this to me about you, at that moment, the Lord should have some, at least say something to you. You see, God has your phone number. Can I get an amen? And so it must bear witness. And so God did the talking. He spoke both to Elijah, but he also spoke to the widow woman. So that when Elijah came into the relationship, he didn't have to do much self-promoting, much talking, much trying to convince. No, this was a God-ordained thing. And the place called there uh, for Elijah was to be in relationship with this woman. And, and sometimes we say geographical. Sometimes God wants you to move physically to the brook. And sometimes, you know, uh, God wants you to, you know, partner with certain people. And your place called there could be a relationship. In fact, God uses people. Luke 6.38, we read it. He says, give, it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running over. Shall man give into your bosom? Uh, God is not, you know, in the earth doing things transactionally with people. But God is sending people uh, to minister to you. Amen. And so sometimes your place called there is divine connections. It's new relationships. Amen. In fact, it says in Acts 18 verse 10. This is God talking to Paul. He's getting ready to uh, protect Paul and, and, and bring divine uh, providence to him in Acts 10 uh, verse 10. And he says this. He says, no one will harm you. Uh, no one will hurt you because I have. You see that last part? God is speaking to Paul. He says, for I have many people in this city. God is saying to Paul, I'm going to protect you, but I'll do it through people. Now, now, if you have a PhD in, in destroying relationships, you may miss your place called there. Amen. See, I've learned, I've learned that, uh, you know, in your 20s, when you're in your 20s, you can, you can get away with just kind of burning bridges and treating people like trash, kick them to, kick them to the curb. <laughs> but as you get to your 30s, it starts to have... Uh, uh, not so severe, but, you know, a little severe relation, uh, damaging relationships, it starts to have a little severe results. You know, it alters your destiny. When you get into your 40s, you better have learned how to get along with people. Oh, I'm telling you, you start messing around relationships in your 40, God is sending people to help you, you treating them like trash. Ooh, man, I'm telling you, by the time you get to your 60s, you look back and say, ooh, man, I messed this thing up. And so you can't have a PhD in, in, in hurting people, can't have a PhD in, 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 in being offended. Amen. I just want amen, I think, right here in the phone. Because <laughs> offense is, is, is the enemy's way of, of sabotaging the relationships that God sends your way uh, to help you. And so if you're, always, if you're always on the edge, if you're always ready to be offended, there's a song they sang in the 90s. See, I'm from way back. There's a song they sang in the 90s uh, about a guy who was living on the edge. It says, don't push me 
because I'm close to the edge. So he left his house saying, man, don't push me because I'm already, I'm, 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 no, no, that's not the right way to live. He says, I'm trying not to lose my head. Ha, 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 ha. It's like a jungle sometimes. That makes me wonder how I keep on going. We know how you keep on going under. You keep on going under because you have not learned how to get along with people. God uses people. Amen. And so you got to learn how to, to be humble in relationships. That will preach right there. You got to learn how to, you know, go to the widow. It's, it's the widow gathering sticks. And still treat her with value and still, you know, expect God to work something through her. Now, 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 I'll be honest with you. If it was me praying the prayer and the Lord sent me to a widow, I probably would have prayed another prayer to change God's mind. Say, come on, Lord, send me to someone else. I can't be, do you know who I am? I'll be the pastor of Faith in Church. Why am I, I can't be going to no widow. And now, this is where you miss the blessing. If you treat people according to what you think they can do for you, mammon has got you. Because people can do none for you. It's God that will do something for you. And so if you're looking to people, brother, you're looking in the wrong direction. You should be looking to God. And the way you treat the parking attendant, the parking guards, will reveal a lot about your spiritual temperature in relation to a place called there relationally. You treat them like nobody. You treat the gardener like nobody. But when your boss walks in, oh, hallelujah. Your highness. You see what's happening there? What's happening is you think this dude can do something for you that this one can't do. Meanwhile, God is trying to use this one to do something for you and give you a piece of information that's going to change your life forever. Man, I've learned, you know, we, we, we go out and play golf at least once a week with some of the guys here. We go out and play golf. Man, I've learned when you're playing golf, you know, I've learned not to listen to these guys. I, I learned if you listen to these guys, that do, they're not wearing the right golf shoes. They're not wearing the right. They're wearing a, an overall and they're carrying your bags. And they, but they know some that you don't know because they spend. They call the caddies. They spend a whole lot of time on those greens. He told me the one time. I mean, the hall is right here where the uh, 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 Mike is, and he told me he says, "Come here." I said, what are you talking about? He says, come here, trust me. I said, man, psh, you, you, man, look at you. You can't be telling me what to do. You know who I am? He says, come here. I'm telling you, come here. And so I parted that thing in this direction. Man, it starts turning. Ooh, it starts turning and going into the hole. Boom, get in there, birdie. Ooh, you don't know that feeling. That feels good. And I could have missed a birdie because I don't want to listen to this guy. Man, I'm telling you, God works through people. Can I get an amen? And you, you got to learn how to relate with people if you're going to get to the next level. Ooh, this is good. Verse 11. And uh, she went and uh, uh, he said uh, in uh, 
verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, there was a widow woman gathering sticks. And he called and said, Fetch me, I pray, a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. And uh, as, he, as she was going to fetch it, he called and said, Bring me, I pray, uh, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As long as the Lord lives, I have not cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil uh, of cruise. Behold, I'm gathering sticks so that I may go in and dress it for me and my son so that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me a, a cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make uh, for you and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil faint, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her son did eat many days. In other words, uh, the, the, the barrel of flour did not waste, it didn't finish. Uh, it kept multiplying for the three and a half years. There was a drought. They just kept uh, going in there and, and, and scooping out flour. And it kept increasing, kept increasing. They kept pouring out oil. And it was a supernatural thing that the Lord did. And uh, 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 God himself, through his power, did that to sustain not just Elijah, but even the widow woman. Because Elijah took a step of faith and took heed of what God was saying. It's the word of God that sustains us. I remember many years ago, 2015 or 16, you know, uh, we, we always have a women's conference. It's a flagship event called Designer Life. And so in this particular year, my wife asked me to go and get a, a speaker for her. I was traveling to the U.S. And so she said, please uh, pray about it as you go around, you know, uh, at conferences and stuff, uh, preaching and so on and so forth. Please get me a speaker. I would like to get a speaker to come and uh, speak at Designer Life. And so we went out there. I went out there, uh, some of the boys, and we were having a good time and just ministering and enjoying the presence of the Lord. And I forgot, you know, the assignment that my wife had given me to go and get a speaker. And uh, the reason why we pray about getting a speaker is because we, we want to be, you know, uh, uh, sure we bring someone that will feed the sheep and and really bring the gospel and not try to exploit uh, the sheep amen and so we're praying about it and uh, I forgot to get a speaker and so I came back home and she said uh, did you get did you find someone and so I said no I forgot and she said uh, uh, you've been fired so she kicked me out of the bedroom I started <laughs> I started sleeping on the couch that's a joke <laughs> that's a joke I saw someone writing notes, a lady. She's like, I said, no, that's a joke. All right, don't write those notes, right? <laughs> and so, she said, you better make a plan, right? And so, and so, um, so, so I called one of my friends in, in Colorado, uh, Marcus. I said, Marcus, I'm in a predicament. I need to get, I need to get a speaker. And Marcus said, man, don't worry, I got you. You need to have uh, Kali Teradez. Now, I'd never heard of Kali. And I had never heard of Ashley Teredes. And so I said, are you for sure? He said, for sure, man, trust me. And so I said, so how do we go about it? He gave me Ashley's number. And so I took Ashley's number and I gave it to my wife. I'm talking about a place called there could be relational. And that's where you're, uh, you will experience financial breakthrough and miracles, right? That's what I'm talking about. And so, uh, you know, I took Ashley's number and I gave it to my wife. I said, there you have it. There's your speaker. And so she called uh, Ashley. She said, hey, listen, uh, we'd like for Carly to come and speak at the conference at Designer Life and uh, Ashley said okay cool we're sitting right there in our kitchen table we're having dinner and we're talking you know and uh, we're talking to Ashley right he's on speaker he's on loudspeaker so but I'm not talking she's talking to him I'm just you know 
uh, they're listening and they're talking. I mean, they, they probably spoke for 45 minutes. Because it was their first time to meet. Because, you know, it was the clash of the titans. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley don't know how to stop. And my wife don't know how to stop. You understand? And so, and so it, was, it was the semifinals of that. You, you understand? It was wild, you know. I mean, they kept going. I couldn't believe it. And, and it was a blessing because I said, Ashley, keep going. Them 25,000 words, at least they're going to be spent on you. <laughs> you know, and so right at the end, Ashley said this. He said, you know, we're going to come and, 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 and preach, but um, uh, uh, Kali is not going to come along. You know, we usually travel together. But you know, it was not travel together, whatever. You know, when you, you know, get someone to come to Africa, they, they're always going to try to come and protect their wife because they think we're walking around in skin hides. You know, hunting for breakfast. So it's, <laughs> there were lions everywhere. So, <laughs> so he said, I'm going to come. You know, and so she looks at me. You know, when he say that, she looks at me because it's got financial implications. And she said, yeah, I'm going to come. And she looks at me and so, so she said, you know, and I said, yeah, they can come. And uh, they said, you know, we're coming. And, and, and then it dawned on me when the call ended that, you know, this meant two uh, flight tickets. And I said, Lord Jesus, this is going to be expensive. And so I went to sleep and I'm thinking about, man, how are we going to afford two flight tickets? You know, that was way back in 20, 2015. The church is small and we don't have finances. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, what am I going to do? And I had a brilliant idea in my sleep. I said, oh, this is so good. I was going to wake up the next day, book their flights, but I was going to book the cheapest flight I could find on the internet, the, all of the internet. If, I, if, if it was the cheapest, if they had to go through Saudi Arabia, go to Bujumbura, <laughs> Iraq, Ethiopia, then Joburg, that's the ticket I was going to get. Because I'm looking at money, right? You got to save some money. And before I, true story, before I book the ticket, we get an email from their PA and she says, uh, no, don't worry about getting the tickets there. We will get them here. You just reimburse us. So my plan has just been foiled. Now I'm sitting there thinking, man, when is this, where is this money going to come from? And so they send us the ticket, 3,500 US dollars, Cleve. And so every meeting, the, the ladies here will tell you, from that moment, it was in like February, and Designer Life is in September. Every uh, executive meeting, eldership meeting, I would remind the ladies <laughs> politely how they had caused a major dent <laughs> on the church's finances. Just so they know. So I'm telling them, yo, for five months in a row, I'm telling them, hey, hey. And so, and so I had an idea, right? I had an idea. I said, you know, the Lord is going to re, uh, uh, bring that money in during the conference. You know, we're going to receive offerings and we'll be able to cover that. And uh, we had already given it to them, right? And now we're just, you know, trying to uh, recover that. And uh, so the conference came and uh, we were sitting in the lounge having lunch, me, Pastor Denz, and and uh, Pastor H and just hanging out and then Maruva came running, you know, at conference at Designer Life. She said, Pastor, you won't believe this. I, I said, why? She said, uh, this is the biggest offering we've ever received. It was powerful as a church. And uh, as I'm about to start dancing, the Lord said to me, uh, you're going to give all of that to Ashley and Carly. 
I said, Lord, I, I really do hope you know what you're doing. You understand? I, I know you're God Almighty, but I'm just saying, you know, that's not how things work. And so I obeyed and we gave it to them. And uh, uh, it was uh, the weekend. Designer Life starts on Friday. It ends on Sunday. And Sunday morning came. And I'm waiting to get an SMS from Dillian. She runs our finances to say, Pastor, you won't believe what happened. Yeah, I'm waiting for that SMS. And so Monday came. And I didn't get an SMS from her. Nothing. No good morning. Nothing. She usually, you know. And uh, we, I took them to the airport. Right? And I got to the airport. You know those automatic doors? I went and I parked right in front of them, offloaded their bags. I watched them just go through those doors, and I saw the doors just close right behind them. And I got into my car, and I thought, man, that, that's it. This is it. And I drove home. I'm thinking, Lord. And then Ashley calls me, and he says the flight has been delayed. It was a big thing there. They got on the runway. The thing wouldn't take off. And I was like, man, this story really is turning out to be interesting. And uh, three days later... You know, when he landed in America, Ashley calls me and he says, Tafari, you won't believe what happened. This is a supernatural thing. I said, what happened? He said, I just got a call from Delta and they said that uh, they're going to reinvest me of all the money for the flights. I said, you mean the one leg they delayed you? He said, no, they're going to reinvest of the whole thing. And so there's another friend of ours, uh, Herbert Johnson, and another one called Van Smith. They both worked for Delta. And uh, Van told me, we, we stayed at his house in, in Atlanta in August. He told me, he said, that has never happened. He's never heard of anything like that. It says it's a supernatural thing. And so Delta uh, sent us the money. It's kind of like a raven feeding, you know, the, 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 the prophet, right? I, I, felt like a, I felt like Elijah for a minute. I said, Delta don't give nobody money. These airlines don't give nobody money. And they're sending back the money that we sent, 3500 And at the end of the day, I, know, I don't know how to do calculus, but I can do simple math. I did it. It was 3500 minus 3500 which meant we brought them in and out for absolutely zilt. Amen. And so what I'm trying to say is, there's a supernatural provision in your place called there. See, if you've been toiling all night, that's not God's will for you. God wants you to launch into the deep for a catch. And you've got to start trusting him with your finances. Now, I'm not saying it's all going to be perfect. I mean, I shared this story in its entirety because I want to show you I had moments of doubt. Ooh, where is this money? Ooh, I'm not sure. You know, I'm, but I build my faith and I encourage myself in the Lord and I still go ahead with the program and act it out. You think the disciples, they even told Jesus, they said, man, we've toiled all night, but at your word or just to prove you wrong. We're going to do what you say so we can go ahead with our lives. And sometimes you need to get to that point where you say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you with this. Amen. You know, we had Sipo uh, and Amanda. They now live in, uh, in England, uh, Lincolnshire. And uh, they came to me and I was on their case about buying a house. And, and they disqualified themselves. You know, they gave that testimony last month. And they went and looked for a house. And, 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 and they thought, you know, their finances were out of whack. They thought they, they kept disqualifying themselves. They went to look for a house, supernatural, uh, 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 divine flow of God just came on them. And before they knew it, that thing had already been financed 100%. And they got into the house of their dreams because they dared to believe God. What are you waiting for? For some of you, it's time to step up and get out of the boat and start walking on water. You can't experience what Jesus experienced while you're sitting in the boat. 
You're going to have to get up and start walking on water. Can I get an amen? amen. And so the, the widow knew that. That I'm already eating my last meal. And then we're going to die. I may as well take the last meal. And do what this man is saying. Ha, if we die, we were going to die anyway. Man, I'm telling you. God has a place called there for you. Let's close with this. Let's go to Luke chapter number 16. It's going to help you. Luke chapter number 16 uh, from verse 10. We're going to end with this. This should be your, your principle for life. This should be, you know, how you live life. The Bible says uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians, it says it was first the natural, then the spiritual. And so in, in living our lives in the supernatural way, we need, we need a foundation of getting the natural things right. Amen. And so it says this, Jesus was dealing with, uh, with uh, 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 their disciples and he was sharing with them about this young uh, shrewd business manager who had you know, done things with uh, boss's money and so on and so forth. You can go and read it at home. Um, and my time is, is far spent. But let's go to verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. I want to read it in the NLT if you don't mind. Uh, verse 9 in the NLT. And this is what you should be doing in the materials realm. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people, you know, struggle with money. A lot of people elevate money to the level of God. Uh, money is, is not that important. Money is just a tool that God has given you to touch people's lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. You shouldn't treat people uh, according to how much money they have. If you do that, mammon has got your heart. You're, you're already messed up. You need to uh, be set free from that. And so the lesson that Jesus wanted them to learn was this. Here's the lesson learned. Use your worldly resources to do what? To benefit others and make friends. That's what money is for. Money is for being a blessing. Money is for uh, giving to the preaching of the gospel, uh, especially so that when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. When you die and go to heaven, there are people that are going to wait for you and say thank you for partnering with the gospel, for using money as a tool and not allowing money to be a god in your life. Uh, they say in the world, money makes a great servant, but it makes a terrible master. And so he says in verse 10, watch this now. Watch this. This is good. If you are faithful in little things, if you are faithful talking to Ahab, you get to experience the brook. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. If you are faithful with numbers from 0 up to 9, you'll be faithful with calculus. If you are faithful with the alphabet from A up to Z, you'll be faithful with vocabulary and reading and literature and so on and so forth. God is not like our school system. You see, in our school system, even if people are not faithful with grade 1, at the end of the year we push everybody to grade 2. Because we want to push them through the school system so we can have our factory workers uh, at the end of the cycle. So we've got to push them as fast as we can. No, God is not in any hurry. He lives forever. He's in eternity. If you don't pass grade one, God will say, it's all right. Let's stay at grade one. I got time. God is in eternity. I got time. Can I get an amen? And so if you're not faithful in little things, man, there ain't no promotion. Watch what happens. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Next verse. 
If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And so God wants us to handle money as a tool. He wants us to take a portion of what we have and give it to him, not because he's in need. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He says all the silver and gold is mine. It is because he's working on our hearts. He's working on us to be able to relate with money at the level. And sometimes, just sometimes, I've learned that the poor people have more mammon than the rich people. Because the rich people say, man, I got the, all this money and it doesn't mean much. And then the poor people are saying, ah, but I want to try it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they're trying to, uh, they're chasing, they're toiling. They're trying to, you know, and they end up worshiping it without knowing it. And so here he says, you know, you must be faithful with worldly resources so that he may give you what? True riches. A place called there. All these things we're talking about is the true riches. And you won't step into true riches if you are not faithful with worldly resources, just handling finances. Can God put in a word when it comes to your finances? When it comes to the little oil and the little flour that you have? Or you've already recruited security guards. Put them around the little flower. Little flower and little oil. And God is trying to get to it so that he can give you a three and a half year supply. But you've got people guarding over little, little flower and little oil. Get your hands off. This is my flower. This is my oil. God is saying, come on, release that so I can get you three and a half years of supply. So he says, man, learn how to handle worldly resources and all. Give you true riches. Amen. <laughs> a lot of people get tripped up by money more than I know. Because they worship it. They don't even know it. Verse, uh, verse 12. If you are not faithful with another people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And so this is, you know, we want to get into the supernatural. And the supernatural is large responsibility. The supernatural is true riches. The supernatural is ownership. But God is saying, if you are not faithful, taking care of the house you are renting, who will give you your own house? And by the way, God is not in a hurry. He'll keep you renting. I mean, God has eternity <laughs> to wait. Can I get an amen? amen? And so it starts with the little. You know, we, we always teach this to our young people. And so I was doing a young people's meeting right here. And I said young, to the young people, can you see the house that you want to live in? They said, yeah. I said, what does it look like? And they were all describing. The other one said, man, it's a two-story mansion. And the mom had told me this, he didn't want to make his bed and there were clothes all over the thing. And uh, it was, um, his, his room was a pigsty. That's what the mom said. And so I'm trying to get to him, right? So I showed him this scripture. I said, uh, I said to him, uh, and what's your mansion like? He said, happy it is, beautiful. It's got cars parked outside. I said, what about the grass? He said, the grass is perfectly manicured. I said, what about inside? He said, it's clean. I said, he said, it's so sparkling clean, I can taste the air. It was that clean in his mind. I said, what about the dishes? He said, they're all washed. I said, what about your bedroom? He said, oh my goodness, it's so clean and the bed is made. I said, but that can't be so. He said, how come? I said, because Jesus said, if you are not faithful with the little things, your big things must look exactly like your little things looked. 
I said, so your mansion must have grass growing all over. Your mansion must be uh, unpainted. It's last painted in 1942. Your mansion must have clothes everywhere. Your mansion must have dirty uh, 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 dishes in the sink. Your mansion must have bedrooms that have not been made with beds that have not been. That's the true depiction of your mansion because of where you are. And word on the street is, he, he went home and he made his bed. Do you understand? How <laughs> was the word on the street? And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout 2024. I commit to be faithful. Amen. You know, I, I, I always lis listen to uh, leadership podcasts and uh, grow in that way. And uh, one of the things I've learned in the last two weeks is that it's not the quality of your output that matters. It's the quality of your input. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're in January and uh, a lot of people have goals for their bodies especially. And what people do is that they go on the internet and find... Uh, someone who they want to look like and they will take that picture and it's great and cut their face and put theirs and you know and look to that and say man this is where I want to go and uh, they set a goal that's unrealistic but what I learned is instead of focusing on what you want to look like at the end of your cycle you should focus on the quality of your input what you look like it doesn't matter that's up to God but the quality of my input is, I'm going to be in the gym four times a week. We're not talking about fitness, but I'm trying to see, get you to see something. I'm going to listen to God before I start my day. Not, I'm going to listen to God so I can become a millionaire. That's, that's not, that's not the, 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 the output is not what you're focusing on. You're focusing on the input. So I just go four times in a week to the gym, whether it rains, whether there's sun, uh, whether I'm feeling good about it, whether I'm not. I'm j I just show up because I've committed to the quality of my input, just like you should commit to the quality of hearing the voice of God. I'm not saying that in your first time making, you know, sitting on a patio, having a uh, quiet time with God, you're going to get a word that says go to the brook. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the more you sit down and, and, and practice the presence of God and make it a part of your grace rhythm I'm, I'm saying if you don't grow weary in doing that and doing well you will reap in due season if you don't faint because I know someone heard what I preached and they say man I'm going to try it this week no I'm going to try it in the next 30 years can I get an amen I've got to be faithful on the journey of hearing and being committed to hearing God's voice. And sometimes you might miss it, but I'm, I'm coming back for more. I'm going to write things down and I'm going to hear God. I'm going to hear God. And when I look back, I say, man, I, I've been hearing God and I've, I heard the Lord. So it's the quality of your input, not the quality of your output. I'd like to believe that just like Jesus, Elijah if you go and read it, it says Jesus had a habit of going to a secluded place to spend time with God. And every time he went there to a secluded place, not every time did he come back with a transfigured face. Sometimes he would just come back normal. But he would always go and do it. 
And so I'm saying in 2024, be committed to hearing God's voice. Let God also put in a word. Amen. And so before, I know we live in a fast city, right? You brush your teeth at six, you wash by corpus, you're in traffic and you're listening to the radio full blast and God is trying to put in a word. I'm saying, you know, you could wake up a little earlier, you know, and just sit and be still. He says, if you sit and be still, you will know. So just sit, be still. Don't rush anywhere. Ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Write things down. That's the power of journaling, right? You can journal on your phone. You can journal by typing things down. You can journal in a real journal and write things down that the Lord is saying to you. That's how, that's how lives are transformed. Amen. 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 And so we're going to pray. I'm going to pray that the, the ears of your heart become sensitive to his voice. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you because we know you are speaking God. You always speak. And sometimes we are dull of hearing. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray for every single one of your children under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father that you may remove the calluses, you may remove uh, the layers that may have brought a numbness, a, a familiarity uh, to, to your voice and to the things of God. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you may give them uh, spiritual sensitivity. That as they sit uh, with you, they may not get ahead of you. Because sometimes we are tempted to say, oh, I know that. Oh, I've already heard that. I've heard that before. But Father, I pray, Father, that you may make our hearts spiritually sensitive to really hear and discern your voice. I thank you, Father, that there are husbands and wives uh, that are here that need that. There are business people that are here that need that. I thank you, Father, that there are people in the marketplace uh, pursuing a career that need that. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you are making their hearts sensitive again. You're fine-tuning their hearing aids so that they may be able to hear you with clarity. I thank you that 2024 will be a different year. 2024 will be that year that we will hear your word saying, lay down your nets. We will hear your word saying, go to the brook. We will hear your uh, word saying, go to Zarephath. We will hear with clarity. I thank you, Father. I thank you that this will be like no other year. Because we will have heard the voice of God and stepped out in faith for what it requires us. I thank you, Father, that as we go, this is our lifestyle. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone say amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.